Welcome to the Weekly Impact Podcast. <laughs> um, for some of you that don't know, this is something that we do every single week um, in that little office back there, actually. Um, it's our but uh, it's something that we do. We want it to be a companion piece to our chapter of the day movement that we have here at the church. But man, it's something that we really enjoy, that we're getting good feedback from you guys. But if you ever want to listen to it, if you don't yet, go on iTunes or Google Play, any of that kind of stuff, SoundCloud, and just search for Weekly Impact Podcast, and you can find it. But we are happy to be doing a live version, special live version of the podcast today. Sorry, I'm a little out of breath. <laughs> wonder why. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, today, I always say we have special guests, you know, and I'm joined by Pastor Phil Nelson here. Michael Miller. Can we give him like a round of applause? Oh, stop it. <laughs> Pastor Daniel Yelverton. And, um, and by all of you today. Oh, Daniel. Um, <laughs> so just so you guys know, um, we're going to be talking about some stuff up here today. I'm going to get to in just a second. But be thinking throughout this podcast today, throughout this sermon, whatever this is today. Um, if you have any questions, we're going to do a little question and answer segment at the end and come around. So, um, and we don't want to look like fools at the end with no yeah, questions So please to answer, so. come up with a few. But um, anyway, uh, today we are going to be looking at um, 2 Corinthians chapters 1 through 4. Um, and where that text leads us to ask these four key questions that I'm about to go over in a second. Uh, how they get to the very heart of how we live our lives. So the four questions we're going to be going over today, the four topics, um, are going to be what do you do with hardship? Um, what do you do with those who hurt you? Are you able to view your hardship and the hurt people have caused you with the gospel in mind? And how is your story shining the light of Christ from within? So we're doing like real surface topics today, nothing deep <laughs> at all. <Nope. laughs> um, but anyway, we just we encourage you guys to be formulating your questions. Uh, we have a phone number today that is going to be up on the bottom corner of all the graphics up here. On the screens, um, you can text your questions to those if you have them throughout while we're up here speaking, or at the end, like I said, we'll come around and you can ask questions then as well. Um, so anyway, I'm going to throw that to Pastor Phil here to start us off with a prayer. Go ahead, Phil. Let us pray. Hmm. God, you are so good. You're perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways to us. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who we are, God. We are your children. Holy Spirit, we love you. We worship you. We adore you for taking over our lives and setting us free. Jesus, thank you for paying the price to set us free. Without your sacrifice on the cross, there is no forgiveness of sins. And without the forgiveness of sins, the Holy Spirit could never be able to come and dwell within us. So, Father God, thank you that because you loved us, you loved us radically, ravishly, unconditionally, overwhelmingly. You loved us and you set us free. And so I pray that as your truth is spoken through these uh, four guys, broken vessels, broken jars of clay, 
that you would pierce our hearts, penetrate our minds, oh God, transform us by the renewing of our minds, and allow us to see the victory and the triumph that you want us to walk in daily, moment by moment. And for those of us who are just struggling in seasons of quicksand, it feels like, or deserts with winds blowing and you just can't see in front of you, God, I pray that your word today and these four questions, as you answer these four questions, would set us free through the power of the empty tomb and the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah. Mm. So Pastor Phil's going to take us into our first. Actually, I'm sorry, Pastor Daniel's going to take us into our first topic here today. So. Go ahead, Daniel. See, yeah, that's why I didn't lead us in prayer, because you guys would all be running for the hills <laughs> when I start singing Good, Good Father. Um, Feel free to text, by the way. Yeah. You can text. Uh, we'll... uh, just, um, just to kind of uh, reiterate what you said, Brent, um, we're, we're trying to take you guys through our chapter day, so we're going a little bit back and a little bit forward when it comes to our chapter day here. And uh, and we we saw the th- there was a thread. See, when Paul was writing to the Corinthians, this is like... We look like his probably his fourth letter to the Corinthians. We only have two. Two have been lost. And so uh, his fourth letter, there is a thread of conversation that Paul has had with this church. This is a church that Paul knew very intimately. And, and so he is comforting them. He is giving them encouragement uh, specifically to their needs and what's going on. And so, but we can take a lot from this. And this is kind of what we do every chance we get to do the podcast is we, we read the scripture and then we just start applying what the truths are we are seeing in the scriptures to our lives. And so uh, I'm going to start us out in uh, 2 Corinthians. You can follow along, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It'll be on the screen too. Uh, and we're going to do verses 3 through 10. Oh, one's up there. Okay, we'll start with one then. That sounds great. All right, uh, this, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. I am writing to God's church in Corinth and to all his holy people throughout Greece. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give, us, give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is uh, for our, sorry, it is for your comfort and salvation. For, for when we ourselves are comforted, he will certainly comfort you. We will certainly comfort you. Then you can be patiently, then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. 
And he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. I love this uh, scripture. This has been a a huge scripture for for me and my family, especially with some of the ups and downs that we have faced. And this, I want to kind of just talk about this from a couple different angles. One, you despite what you're going through, and some of us can relate to what Paul is going through, some of us cannot, but some of you are going through something right now that you would say, this is a struggle. This is a hardship. I don't know if I can endure this. I feel crushed. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I am stretched thin and at wit's end. And what Paul does here is he gives us such wonderful, wonderful insight and encouragement. He says that God is going to be the source of our comfort. And it's beautiful because the way that God has orchestrated the body and the way that God has created the universe is that not only does he comfort us in our time of need, but he will use that comfort that he has given us for us to then comfort other people. And so I want that to be a present encouragement that whatever you have going through right now, whatever hardship you're facing right now, that God is not only the source of your comfort, but God is going to use you to comfort other people. And you may have seen that already in your life. And, and so what I love this is this, this gives us a little bit of just perspective and window mm-hmm. into the character of God, but how good he is and how much in control and how he's working situations for good, even if it's so hard to actually see it. And, and so I love that, that even Paul, which I get this, I struggle with this. Paul was relying on himself, right? He says he stopped relying on himself and he began to rely on God. And I think there's going to be a constant kind of battle when we're going through hardships, when we're going through hard times is, is what's going to be our, our reliance. What's going to be our foundation. What's going to be the anchor, right? Because when he was relying on himself, he was, he was hopeless, but then when he stopped relying on himself and started relying on God, God rescued him. He continues to rescue him. He have, they have placed his confidence. He has placed his confidence in God, and he will always rescue him. And, man, that to me just sings. Like, that is just beautiful. And, and so before we kind of bounce to discussion, I know I'm really dominating here, and I apologize for that. <laughs> Give me a mic, you know. It's like, ah. All right, but uh, anyways. I um, was going to sing for a second. I wasn't going to sing. That was definitely not going to happen. <laughs> that would not be the source of comfort. Uh, so it's <laughs> uh, kind of a window into our, our uh, podcast here. Brent but, has to do a lot of editing. A lot of editing. Sing. It is a chore. I don't think my mic's on. Uh, is your mic on? Yeah, it's on. Yeah, it's, oh, but I, what I was going to say is... Uh, the reading is the reason why we do the dwell app. I mean, because oh, yes. yeah. he, ha- you know, Daniel has trouble. I have trouble. <laughs> we mess up the reading Words. all the time, but we have that dwell, the dwell app. Yeah, that we, have we, that we recently added uh, to the podcast. If you've been listening, you know, but we used to read the scripture ourselves. And that was problematic <laughs> at times. Just it, it caused a lot of editing and stuff like that. And um, so we found this app recently that we all really love, and we got permission from them. So now if you listen, there's a, an app called Dwell. You can yeah. download if you want to, but it does our scripture reading for us with people that have much better voices, and they have cool music underneath of it. And it just it helps in a lot of ways. So anyway, <laughs> go download the Dwell app. Speaking, anyway. <laughs> speaking of scripture, we actually had our first text. We're going to try to fit it oh, in nice. here and there, but um, oh. we're going to save the majority of questions after. But this really 
actually goes with uh, someone uh, saying that uh, they've always followed uh, their translation of King's J- King James Version. And just curious if we read the same uh, translation or differ among the team. Uh, we all differ. We, um, uh, Pastor Daniel just read from the New Living Translation. You're going to see the English translation. Uh, there's also the uh, Christian Standard mm-hmm. uh, translation mm-hmm. that is, is very popular, the NIV. So honestly... Um, most translations out there are Christ honoring and uh, pretty much get to the point. So mm-hmm. honestly, here it's I don't really care what you're reading <laughs> as long as you're reading the Word of God. So, yeah. um, and I think honestly, it's it's always very healthy to have more than one translation in your library mm-hmm. because yeah. one translation is going to say it one way, the other is going to say it the other way. And if you know Greek and Hebrew, there's some a lot of times there's not English words for the Hebrew or the yep. Greek. So a lot of it is in translation. So to answer your question, yeah, we'll, um, we're, we're, we're open to all translations as mm-hmm. long as it uh, is in alignment with, with Father God. Yeah. So. Not, I'll interject one thing real quick. Uh, on the slides, if you're going to be reading along on the slides, those, those will be in English Standard Version, correct? Except his, yeah. We put in New Living Translation for okay, his because cool. yep. he, what we he do doesn't there. read anything but <laughs> New Living. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Not to plug my own YouTube, but I mean, since that question was brought up, I have a, like a, like a series of um, videos about Bible reading, and they're good. And if you, you, you want to know the difference between like a word for word, a thought for thought, and a paraphrase translation, just check it out because that'll help you figure out what Bibles to get. Yeah. So, okay. One, sorry. One last <laughs> point, or one question I want to ask everyone, uh, and this kind of circles back to the beginning. It says God is the source of our comfort, of all comfort. Um, but to be perfectly honest, we can find sources for comfort elsewhere, or we can try to. And, and so I want to pose to you guys a question. When you find yourself being pressed, uh, when you find yourself being overwhelmed, crushed, uh, when you find yourself feeling anger, frustration, loneliness, disappointment, what's, what's your source of comfort? Because there's a lot of things that are <coughs> competing for that. Your source of comfort is, a, is a, not only a sacred place, but it is also a very valuable place. Because that's where you retreat and get your rest. And if, if it's not God, it's going to be something else. And, and so I think that's a, that's a question that I just want to put out there. Uh, kind of let simmer for a little bit. Because uh, this is something that was convicting me of where's my sanctuary, where's my source of comfort. And I found that that when I don't use God, I use something else, and it becomes kind of like a cruel master, right? Because it doesn't actually comfort, but it makes me come back for more. Yep. And you don't know what it might be. I mean, it could be anything. It could be work. It could be, it could be family, which is a good thing. But it could, that could be your only source of comfort. You know, it could be uh, social media. It could be exercise. It could be food. There's all sorts of things that are going to vie for our sanctuary of comfort that are going to challenge that. And so uh, I think at the source, that is, a, that is a huge issue when it comes to how we deal with hardships. Because when we deal with hardships, and those are inevitable, what are you going to turn to for that source of comfort? And is it actually going to come through with what you're asking for it? So... That's me, I guess. Um, uh, we wanted to take it over to, because we're going chapter by chapter. So, Michael, not only 
are we talking about what is the source of comfort, but then and what you deal with like hardships in general. But there's a specific example in Corinth where there is somebody that betrayed and hurt them, and Paul gives them advice. So why don't you take us there? Sure. So the the question that we have here is, um, what do you do with those who hurt you? So a little bit of context here with this question before I read the scripture is at the tail end of Daniel's chapter, this this seems almost logistical, right? This thing happens. So so what happens is you have Paul, and of course he's addressing the the Corinthians for actually the third time, not the second time, but that's a long story for another day. And what happens is somebody hurt them. Somebody did something to the congregation there. And, and Paul said, Paul had promised them that he would visit. Whatever this thing was, was such a big deal that it made Paul mad. And Paul decided that he wasn't going to even visit. And he writes them kind of giving himself, not an excuse, but giving him reasons. Like, guys, this is the reason why I wrote you a letter, which, again, um, uh, theologians and scholars would call it Corinthians C. But the, the, there's a letter between... First and Second Corinthians. So he writes him a letter instead of visiting him. Imagine what could have happened that was so bad that Paul's like, I'm not even going to see you guys, right? So we don't know what that was. But just put that in your mind that somebody did something to that congregation that hurt them deeply, right? Okay, then the scripture is Second uh, Corinthians chapter 2, and we'll skip down to verse 5. Good. All right, it says, I'm not overstating it when I say that the man who caused you all the trouble hurt all of you more than he hurt me. Most of you opposed him, and that was punishment enough. Now, however, it's time to forgive him and comfort him. Otherwise, he might become overcome with discouragement. So, I urge you now to reaffirm reaffirm your love for him. Reaffirm your love for him. I wrote to you as I did to test you and to see if you would fully comply with my instructions. And then you forgive this man. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit so that Satan will not outsmart us. For we are familiar with his evil schemes. Mm-hmm. Man. <clears throat> so, I mean, think about this again. These people are, are so hurt, and we're not really sure what their reaction is at first. But we find out that Paul is definitely saying to these people, y'all need to forgive this guy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know about you all. I mean, all right, who all has been hurt before? Now, I'm sure everybody <laughs> listening to this, I'm, I'm hoping that you're at a coffee shop right now, and you're, and you're raising your hand saying, yes, I've been hurt, and the barista is looking at you like you're crazy. <laughs> No, yeah, we've all been hurt. And is your first inclination when you're hurt, like, you know what? I need to, I need to forgive this guy. No, we want vengeance, man. We want to get back, you know? Amen. Right? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Right? But no, but, but Paul is very counterintuitive here. And, and he tells him to basically forgive. And, and, he's, and this blows my mind. I'm telling you guys, when I, when I was studying this, I texted Phil. It just... I t- what I told you is that it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of something that way, way back in, the, in my past. Um, I've shared this story before, and, I, and I'll share the story again. I went to a church who had um, an arsonist come. He, he really wasn't 
an arsonist, but he was a drug addict. And he, and he broke into the church, and he set fire to it. Some of you guys remember this. And uh, it burnt our sanctuary down. You want to talk about something that could anger <laughs> church members? Try burning the sanctuary down and see how that works. Mm-hmm. And so that, that kind of felt like the situation, right? The situation where we're all upset we're all, and we're sad. We're, we, I mean, and this happened like on a Saturday night. So we're, we come in, we're coming in and, and early in the morning on a Sunday morning, and we're like, what? And, it's, and I remember it was raining that Sunday morning. You know, because the, the fire had happened the night before, and, and we're just drenched in both water and tears, you know? Mm. But the church did something wise. We followed this instruction that Paul gives, and we decided to forgive this guy. Mm-hmm. It's not immediate, but it's something that we decided to do. So we ended up writing the, the guy from prison, and, and we tried to, again, we tried to love and forgive him because, again, Paul says here, um, so I encourage you now to reaffirm your love for him. I guess the challenge, I mean, I, I know in our podcast we like to go into application, right? But we've been mixing that all up recently. We just, mm-hmm. <laughs> we go into observation and application. The, the, the application for me here is I need to prayerfully change my, my thoughts to, and let the Holy Spirit work in me that, when I am upset, when I have hate in my heart, to immediately think of the person that hurt me and, and love them because Jesus said so. It wasn't just Paul, right, Phil? Right. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for the vote of confidence, you know? No, I mean, I mean, Jesus says to forgive your enemies. He says to turn the other cheek. Am I right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like somebody shout amen, you know? Jesus tells us to forgive. Our, he says that if you don't forgive people, he won't forgive you. So I think this is a big deal. I mean, any, any thoughts from the, from the panel <laughs> about forgiveness? My thought is just to let everybody know that this is something that is a process. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. So just know that it's going to be hard and you're going to fail at times. Yeah. Um, but Jesus is constantly transforming who you are in your heart if you're surrendering to him. So just know that it'll take a while, but you'll get there. And without your heart being transformed, you will just become another statistic because what they say is hurt people hurt people. Hurt people. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see even in the body of Christ is because people uh, a lot of times just don't know how to get healing. And if they do know how to get healing, it's a battle of the flesh and the spirit because our flesh wants to hold on to that bitterness. Our flesh wants to hold on to that. Um, someone texted in. Um, I used to think that those who hurt me was God hurting me. Mm-hmm. How true is that? And that, again, goes all the way back to the importance of every follower of Christ knowing and understanding who they are. Mm-hmm. Because if you understand who you are in God, you will know that God never does anything to hurt his children. Right. Mm-hmm. Ever. He does it sometimes to prune us, to strengthen us, just like those who go to the gym. That's not me right now. But those who go to the gym and work their muscles, it's a, it, it's a good pain. It's because in order to have the muscles tone, you need to stretch them and, and, and give tension to the muscles. And that's why God a lot of times allows us to go through difficult times because he knows it's going to stretch us and make us hopefully dependent upon him because the Bible says it's not by our might nor by power, but by his spirit. And so that is how we forgive. 
I think one thing that's also interesting here at the end is that Paul says that so Satan will not outsmart us, yes. for we are familiar to his uh, his evil schemes. And um, I think that that's powerful because it's not even just a forgiveness thing because God has told us to forgive, that, that there's something else going on under the surface. There's something else going on behind the scenes when it comes to forgiveness. And I've seen this in my own life, and I've seen this in the lives of others, that that there's some there's a trap that unforgiveness has over the person that when bitterness and anger takes hold that it's an enslaving type of thing yeah. and what happens is is that forgiveness actually sets the person yes. the individual free it's not about absolving the person of the hurt that they've done to you and making sure that that crime goes unpunished or whatever it may be it's about setting yourself free because there's a there's a trap that takes place and and Satan has a scheme Satan has a desire for you to stay entrapped in bitterness and unforgiveness and anger because of the hurt that somebody's caused you. And the crazy thing is that they're not even necessarily thinking about it. Like right. the person that hurts you, they they're probably don't even know what's going on, but that is controlling you. Have you seen it when, like, all of a sudden you'll see something and it will remind you that and it will make you angry? And you'll just be mad for the rest of the day. And you'll just be in a mood and be like, I don't want a mood. I'm just mad because, because something reminded me of this person. And that's controlling you. You know, and, and, and so this is about not, not necessarily, you know, making sure that the person is absolved of all the stuff they've done. This is setting you free in this process. And so that's why this is so important. It's not even that this is just because Christ commanded. It's for your benefit. And it's, and it's so that you won't remain in that trap. All right. So we'll get to, I think, a little bit more on forgiveness at another point here. We're going to go ahead and move to point number three. Um, Phil's going to take us through that, correct? Correct. Yeah, the right. question is... This is a tough, loaded question, and uh, so that's I'm going to try That's to, why we give it to the pastor. Yeah, right. <laughs> are you able? Are you able to view your hardship and/or the hurt that someone has caused you with the gospel in mind? Hmm. Are you? And here is the distinction from someone who is growing in the maturity of Christ versus more of an infant parents, you know what I'm talking about, a toddler, they're starting to understand it, but they don't know how to find it or apply it themselves. And so we're all in different places in our spiritual walk. But I think this is kind of, you know, if, if we're uh, on a field uh, playing archery and we've got several different targets, you know the target in your sights, or at least you should. Uh, if not, you don't know what you're going to hit. And so this for the Christian should always be in our line of sight of handling conflict, handling, handling hardship, and even just living our daily lives through the lens of the gospel. And so we're going to look at, honestly, this is my favorite scripture of all the Bible Um, Lauren and I actually used it. It's not your normal wedding verse, but we used it uh, at our wedding. And it goes like this. It's 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18. And could you guys do me the favor? You guys sounded incredible during worship. Could you read this aloud with me? Ready? Here we go. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Louder. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, yes, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, behold the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Keep going. For this, For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. 
That, I'm the only one clapping, but that's awesome. Good job. <laughs> that is important. You just said it. It all comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. If you have a difficult time with understanding what it means to be filled with the Spirit and why Christians should be filled with the Spirit is because it's from the Lord. Yes. Who is the Spirit? It's the presence of God. And I will say this to to, to all followers of of Christ. And if, if if you're on the fence and wondering what this Christian stuff is and what God is and is is this all real? I I just challenge you to uh, process this one thought. You will never be able to deal with hardship or deal with people hurting you in a Christ-like manner if you don't have Christ in you, period. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit dwelling, taking residence in your life, I'm not talking about a feeling, I'm not talking about emotion, I'm talking about supernatural, supernatural, Our spirit man, every one of us is going to take our last breath unless Jesus returns before we die. We're going to take our last breath and our body is going to die. But our spirit will continue to live on. That's what Paul is talking about here is our spirit. It's a spirit thing. And he's saying the Lord is the spirit. And wherever you allow the Lord, the spirit to work inside of you, There will be freedom. You want freedom? Say, Holy Spirit, here I am. Mm -hmm. Come renew my mind. Come transform my body. Come lead me and guide me. And all you have to do sometimes is be still. You know, I say it this way. Less of me, more of Christ. And so how do we view our hardships and hurt with, in view of the gospel of Christ, two things. Number one is your present, and number two is your future. Hmm. Number one is your present, and number two is your future. The present is the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit is now, there is freedom. You want freedom? Live in the now and ask the Spirit to take over. That requires one thing, surrender. Mm-hmm. Surrender means to let go and let God. Let go and let God. Are you surrendering to him in this moment? Because if you do, I promise you there will be freedom. It's not necessarily going to be this ooey-gooey, magical uh, experience of, oh, my gosh, it's all gone. It's a matter of the God of peace that Philippians 4, 6 talks about. In the now, cast all your anxiety on him. Be anxious for nothing. But with thanksgiving, talk to God. Be with God. Allow him with thanksgiving to flood your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, your everything. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's freedom in the now. Now, it is glory to glory in the future. Ephesians 4 tells us that all Christians are to grow from step to step to look more like Jesus, look more like Christ, to the mind of Christ, to the heart of Christ, to the hands and the feet of Christ. That's why when we, uh, Paul says, I want every man and woman who follows Christ to grow into the maturity of Christ, into the fullness of Christ. 
That is the glory to glory. So our goal in mind of dealing with our hardships and those who hurt us is looking more like Christ. So I say it this way. You surrender yourself and you allow more of Christ, more of Christ, more of Christ to take over and less of you and less of you and less of you. And as you do that moment by moment and you surrender and let go to God and you continue to let Christ dwell in you, I promise you the hurt will begin to melt away. Now, I don't know. It may take 20 years. But with Christ, all things are possible. You have to surrender yourself. That, that bitterness and that how do I even forgive someone? You don't understand what they did. That right there is you not surrendering. This is love. That Christ, who knew no sin, became sin so that you would be forgiven. Yes. You are forgiven. And if you're forgiven much, as you're allowing the Holy Spirit to take you from Christ to more Christ, to looking more like Christ, to looking more like Christ, is going to get there. But have grace on yourself. And just say, it's a process. I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. And so now we end and kind of close this all up with the last question of how is your story shining the light of Christ from within? Mm. Pastor Daniel. Wow, okay. I got to follow that up. <clears throat> uh, so I, I think there's, there's always there's this thread. There's this connection, right? God is going to, he's our source of comfort. And so we comfort others in our time of need so that we can, uh, so he comforts us so we can comfort others. And then forgiving uh, because Christ has forgiven us, we are to forgive other people. And then now we see that because of that activating in us, that forgiveness, we are coming more and more like Christ. So we are becoming more glory to glory to glory. So what do we do? What do we do with our story? Right? Because you come in here with a story. You come in here with some good things and some bad things in your story. You come in here with some cracks and some holes. And I love what Paul says here, this analogy. And so this is in 2 Corinthians 4. We're going to read it uh, starting in 7 through 10. We now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our, that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. For we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be seen in our bodies. So so what Paul is saying here is that we are these fragile clay jars, and some of you may feel more fragile than others, uh, depending on your wear and tear. And... But there is something great inside of you when the spirit is inside of you. And what I love about this imagery of the, the fragile clay jars is that the ones that are broken, the ones that have the cracks, you see the light shining brighter right through those holes and through those cracks. So what is God doing with your story? Your story is the light that's shining out to others. The brokenness in your story is that opportunity for the light to pierce through the jar of clay and out to the world. And that 
in itself is such an amazing gift. So that means that no matter how broken you feel, no matter how perplexed, you're never crushed, you're never brought to despair, you're never abandoned by God, because there is something peering through that brokenness, and that is this amazing light of the gospel and the goodness of Jesus for all to see. And so that means that through, it says it here at the end, that we are suffering in our bodies, we continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be also seen in our bodies. That's present resurrection. So what God is doing is that his resurrection is shining through that brokenness. So I want to end with this last scripture, and then we're going to probably discuss a little bit, and then have open question and answer time, I, th- I think. Yeah. I'm just going to go to question. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, and so this is kind of Paul giving final perspective here in uh, 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 18. He says, this is why we never give up. This is why we never give up, no matter what we're facing. So though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. And I know that sounds insensitive, depending on your present struggle, but this is perspective here. Yet they produce... For us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at our troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. What you're going through. Your story and how Jesus is using his gospel message through your story will last forever. So that's why we can take comfort. That's why we can trust God. That's why we can forgive others the powerful story that happens because of that. That's That's how Jesus is bringing us from glory to glory to glory, even though we are fragile and broken and our stories are messed up. Because the gospel shines so much brighter through that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with that, uh, someone texted this in, and I couldn't agree with it more. Um, look, just look at your life, everyone. Look at your, just your Christian life. From the moment that something spiritually truly changed, your sinful nature was removed by the blood of Christ, forgiven and removed, and Christ came in with his newness of life. Think of the times where you grew closer to God. Think of the times where you were stretched the most to look more like Christ. And I 99.9% guarantee you it was through a painful, hurtful struggle of a situation. Because the pain, if we let Christ... The spirit take over. The pain is a launch pad for his power. Did you hear that? The pain propels you into power. There it is. The pain propels you into his power, but you have to let Christ take over. I think that's a good place to end. Uh, We're going to answer some questions, but let's pray first. Daniel, would you pray for us? Absolutely. Father, you are the source of all comfort. And God, I just thank you that you never abandoned us. That you are always with us. 
And so, Lord, I just, we praise you, God, because you are not unaware of our pain. You have not left us in our painful situations, that we are overwhelmed, but we are not crushed. We are not destroyed. And so, Jesus, bring resurrection power in our lives right now. May your story be shown in us. God, may we be billboards. May we be billboards. Sorry. May we be billboards, Lord, that show your grace and goodness. So we love you, Jesus. Thank you that you use our broken stories. You use our brokenness. You use our weakness, God, to shine your power, to shine your glory, to show your grace and love to so many people. We love you, Jesus. Thank you that you took messed up people like me. And you said, I want them to be my sons. I want them to be my daughters. And I'm going to use them for amazing things that they have no clue what's coming. So help us to rely on you and you only. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So the texting lines are open. (laughs) Um, You can text in any questions. We've got about 10 here. And they all have to do kind of with the same thing of how do you, how do you forgive How do you forgive? Say, how do you forgive? The question is in the word, the action word, do. You don't do anything. It's already been done. When you look at the cross, salvation is not spelled D-O. You have to do in order to get it. You have to do in order to give it. It's done. D-O-N-E. When Christ took his last breath, before that moment, he said, it is finished. It is done. Absolutely. It is done. So how do you forgive someone? You surrender to God because you cannot forgive anybody in your own power. You have to understand that you can do nothing apart from Jesus. So stop trying to forgive when it's in your own strength and power to forgive. Let Jesus forgive through you. And first let him forgive you first. And cleanse you and allow you to understand what has been given and what has been done for you. So that should answer quite a few of those. However, here's one question. How do you forgive if what happened to you was a tragic event, mm. let's, let's just say tra- death, murder, rape, mm-hmm. bullying, uh, intentional uh, hurt, uh, whatever it may be. How do you forgive what happened to you if it was a tragic event and the person wrong, who wronged you is either no longer living or that person is not safe? To be around. Mm. Michael. Sure. I think first we have to look at what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. All right? So one thing that I've learned through through going up in the Army with some of these statistics is that rape happens. Like there are a lot of you that that are sitting here that have experienced a tragic event and, and, and they, you have been traumatized. 
So forgiveness is not necessarily trust. Let me say say that again. Forgiveness is not necessarily trust. Just because you work through it to forgive someone does not mean that that you're allowing them back into your lives because they could hurt and re-traumatize you. Or you might be dealing with some post-traumatic stress. And that just being in the presence, the presence of this person might cause you pain. So it doesn't mean trust. Now, how do you how do you forgive? How do you work through this? One day at a time. I think I think you mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's through the power like and like what Phil was saying, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit, guys. You can't just do this on your own. So I, I would suggest that one day at a time. You go to God and you pray about this. And you, and you ask forgiveness for your unforgiveness and ask God to forgive them and ask God to help you forgive. And again, it's not an event. It's not, I forgive them, I'm done, this is over. One day at a time. And let me throw one more thing at it real quick. When God tells us to do stuff, laws, forgive people, God is not just some tyrant do you guys know these laws are for you, right? He's, these are good for you. God knows that forgiveness is for you. The other person may not even know it. Daniel? Yeah, um, and another part of that question is if, you, if they're not in your life, maybe they're not even around anymore. Yeah. And I think this is uh, something that we've talked about before, and it's good practice is, is set an empty chair in front of you and imagine the person that's hurt you and forgive them, speak to them. Write, write a letter, but don't mail it. Do, do one of those things because we remember that forgiveness is not that we're absolving the person. The forgiveness is for us, and that's right. setting us free. And so if that's something where you're, you're not able to do that, and, and I know that we were short on time, but injustice is something, leave that up to God. Leave that up to God, you know, because we can't be the perfect agents of vengeance. We're broken. We have our own issues. We we don't have a perfect record to stand on. And so Jesus said, I entrust God to be my judge. Even when all the bad things happened to him, he entrusted God. And so that's a whole nother talk. But that's can uh, trust God. And here's the thing, too. Forgiving someone is not saying that what they did wrong is okay. That's not... When Jesus died on the cross, he wasn't saying your sin and you rejecting him was okay. There is consequences for us never receiving forgiveness. There's consequences for us of never receiving Christ's free gift. That's separation from him. But we have choice day after day after day. And we don't know when those days are going to end. We have a choice to either receive it or not. And that goes to the question, well, what if... Someone doesn't receive your forgiveness. What do I do to help them receive the forgiveness? You do nothing but be Christ. Don't force the situation. Humble yourselves, First Peter says, underneath the mighty hand of God, and at the, the, the right time, he will exalt you. So what do you do with a friend who doesn't want to forgive you? You do whatever you can, Romans 8, Romans 12, thank you, to be at peace with one another. But you cannot force the hand of someone to forgive you. How would you like that done to you? Give it to Christ. Do what you can to make amends. Do what you can to write the letter. Do what you can to say, I am so sorry. Humble yourself before God. 
And if they choose not to receive it or forgive you, that's between them and God. You've done your part. You were faithful and obedient. Now give it over to God. Now we want, we got five more minutes and we would love if there's any questions here, especially if you haven't texted in, maybe you don't have the ability to text or maybe you don't even know how to text. That's okay. We love you anyways. And we're so glad you're here. So, um, if you would like to just ask a question right here live, um, just raise your hand, put your hand up, put your hand up and Brent will come out, uh, and get a hold of you. Anybody, anybody. I can ask a question here. Where does ECC stand? Uh, this is for First uh, Corinthians. Where does ECC stand when it comes to using your spiritual gifts in corporate worship? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I opened the can last week. I opened the can, and I'm glad I did because it's causing you to think about the role of spiritual gifts. I'm just going to say it this way. Number one, okay? When you follow Christ and you have the spirit dwelling inside of you, at that moment of salvation when the spirit takes over and comes in and has full residence, he does a rewiring. He brings his spiritual DNA inside of you. Okay? That's what makes you a child of God is that spiritual DNA. And within that spiritual DNA, there is a gift. If not, if like the gift of salvation isn't enough. There is a spiritual gift, and it's not for you. It's for you, but it's for the benefit of the church, believers. And so when we all come on Sunday and we bring the church, if you're just coming to church, what good is that? Like, bring the church. You are the church. You are living temples of the Spirit of God, and he has given you a gift for others. And when are the others gathered? Usually on Sunday morning if not small groups and throughout. But Sunday morning is our time to come together and bring our gifts for the benefit and the building up of the church. If it is going to tear down somebody or if your gift is going to feel like you're better than they, you hold it within because it's not building up someone else. Now, I understand we can't we can't please everybody and I, I get that, but... Your spiritual gifts should always be used and applied through the gift of love that comes from Christ Jesus. If it's not in love, don't use it. If it's not in love, don't speak it. If it's not in love, don't act out in it. The last thing about spiritual gifts in corporate worship is we want a structured body that works together and flows together, not a chaotic circus. Okay, many of you have experienced that. So there are some gifts that are a little bit more on edge and a little bit more weird to our culture than other gifts. And so let's just say if you know you have one of those gifts, tongues, prophecy, or whatever, the biggest thing is don't blurt it out in the middle of the church. Don't blurt it out in the middle of the church because that's going to be a circus and that's going to be chaos. Do it in structure. Go find a pastor. Go find an elder. And the elders, the overseers, the shepherds of the church who are protecting the flock will be able to discern whether or not it's for the corporate body to hear or if it's for someone in specific that we just do in private. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? And that's, but, not, and that's not saying that you don't have that gift. Right. Yeah. It's how you use it. It's how you use it. Any questions? I actually, I have a question. Oh, 
Hi. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Carl, turn off his mic. I know. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't. Um, what do you do if you know someone's wronged you and you're waiting for them to ask for forgiveness and they're not doing it? How do you handle that in the meantime? The perfect person to answer that would be Pastor Danny. Why don't you answer that? <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> Touche. I know. Really, right back at you. Okay. Uh, I think it's more of like a um, taking taking the attitude of Christ in every situation. You're always going to be doing the right thing. Um, Christ never demanded us to acknowledge the hurt that we had given him. He gave us the opportunity to come to that point. Christ never forced us to forgiveness. He gave us the opportunity to forgiveness. And so I think in the moment when you're waiting for somebody who's hurt you to ask for forgiveness, you go ahead and do everything in, on your end to go ahead and, and release them. And then when it comes, when they do come to that point, if it does come to that point, then you receive them. You receive them back uh, because that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Jesus didn't then say, oh, gosh, I've been waiting to like like 30 years, man, you have been totally messing up. And now that you're back, all right, here's all the things that you did wrong. Here's how you hurt me for this amount of time. Immediately, just like the father and the prodigal son, waiting, waiting for the son to come back, waiting eagerly. And then when he sees him, he runs to him, embraces him, loves him, restores him. And so I think in that period is a time for us to be like Christ and to model Christ in the patience and in the waiting and trusting that, that hopefully that opportunity will present itself. And if it doesn't, you know, then that's, that's another spirit thing. Can we thank the panel? Thank you, guys. Thanks, Michael, Daniel, Brent. Would you stand? We're just going to end in worship. And so if we could have no one moving at this point, because this is this time of response. This is where what we're teaching here starts to stir in here and you're able to now respond, whatever that looks like. I want to say a few things. Number one, we realize that some of the hurt that you are wrestling through, some of the things that just are, just feel impossible to forgive. We want you to know that number one, you're not alone. And it's okay right where you're at. Don't try to be somewhere else. Don't try to be someone else. Whatever it looks like in this moment to let God have a piece of that hurt, let him have that piece. Let him have another piece. Step by step. Moment by moment. From Christ to looking more like Christ to looking more like Christ, more of his love, more of his forgiveness, more of his mercy, more of his grace, more of his patience, more of his goodness. Just one step, one step. It's a journey. It's not a destination. I have to preach that to myself every time. It's a journey and it's a process. Number two, whatever you're going through, you can't do it alone. Number one, you need the Holy Spirit. Number two, there's a body of Christ for a reason. And guess what? Someone in this room has a spiritual gift of mercy and forgiveness, a spiritual gift of discernment and wisdom to meet you right where you're at. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. 
And we want to walk with you. So if if you trust someone by you or you know someone in this church body, I challenge you to reach out. During this response worship, I've asked uh, Brent's uh, leading, but I've asked Daniel, uh, Michael, Daniel, could you, uh, Lainey, could you join Daniel? Sherry, would you come up front? And I'm going to be over here. In this time of response, if you're hurting and you need to allow God to move in a powerful way through your pain and bring such peace, power, and victory in your life, I just want you to come. We're here available to pray with you and pray for you. Our pastoral staff and our elders are available to meet with you throughout the week. Uh, There are church cards, business cards on the back of this wall, I believe also on the Welcome Center. Grab one of those cards and it has our personal cell phone on there. Call us. Set up a time for us to meet. Let us pray with you and walk through this. And the last thing, your situation may need professional Christian counseling. And that is commendable. I've been through it time and time again, and I've been in seasons of such difficulty where I needed a professional Christian counselor to guide me through. There is no shame in that. We can recommend one for you. We can guide you in the process. The biggest thing is freedom is for you. Will you pursue it and will you receive it? Let's pray and let's respond.